Welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast presented by Oz Rally Pro. This is episode number 117, and we're calling it the Thrill of Victory and the Agony of Snowbanks. This is a quick and dirty episode where we caught up with several competitors right after the finish of Snowdrift. So join us for a tall glass of unfiltered conversation at the virtual rally pub we call the Rallycast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you listen to us, or whenever it is you listen to us. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and as I said in our intro, this is an episode we just threw together really quick after we had a chance to talk with folks uh, just a little over a week ago from the Snowdrift Rally. We've been obviously having a lot of content we've been shoving out there at you, and uh, we hope that you've been enjoying the plethora of stuff we've been pushing out. The only news bit I wanted to open up with is we now have three events that are needing volunteers. The next event, of course, on the calendar for the national championship is the 100 Acre Wood Rally in Missouri. So if you're not competing, please uh, help block off a road, work a time control, help keep spectators safe while explaining all the awesomeness of what stage rally is all about. Anything like that is always a help to them, especially if you're a ham. If you happen to have uh, radio experience, they always need more of those. And then also on the West Coast, volunteer registration has now opened up for both the Olympus Rally, which is April 23rd and the 24th, and my home event, the Oregon Trail Rally, which is uh, May 20th through the 22nd. So please go to their respective websites for Olympus Rally and for Oregon Trail Rally. Find us on Google and uh, click on the volunteer sections to get more details and to sign up. We honestly can't do these events without the help of all of you. So thank you. Okay, well, on with the show right after this word from our supporters. Go five right short over crest into second small crest 40, full left plus nips. Hi, this is Alex and Rihanna Gelsomino from Oz Rally Pro, advanced rally training. Are you new to rally or have you been rallying many years? No matter what your experience, we can progress you further. Our classes are team training, driver pace note training, or co-driver training that are tailored to each individual or team. Email osrallypro at gmail.com for further details. Well, first up, it's the giant killer, Map Rally Team's Mark Piatkowski, the Snowdrift overall winner and now leader of the championship. That's followed by Ivo Dragunov of Dragon Racing. He's the overall regional winner. Mike Shaw, what the hell just happened? (laughs) What the hell just happened? I don't know what happened. I don't even know my name right now. Oh, uh, my, my crew's handing me beer right now. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, you know, I, I don't even know what to say right now. It's, it's completely surreal. I saw Brandon Seminuk on the side of the road and it, like, it, it took me a while. I'm like, wait a second, we're, we're leading an overall national rally. And I, and then I, I say to my co-driver and I'm like, uh, I, I'm going to back down a little bit right now. <laughs> and on the last stage, um, Thunder, Bonfire Alley. I drove like my freaking grandma, man. There's a huge spectator spot there, and I completely botched it. But, man, we made it to the end. Uh, incredible rally. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I don't, I don't know what to say right now. I, I think you have a new favorite surface to drive on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely... I mean, there's no traction whatsoever, right? So for my car, I guess it's the perfect, perfect recipe to, to do well you know, overall. And that's kind of what I hoped for when I entered the event. I was like, you know, maybe a top five is good. I know there's a few R5s, Seminux entered, this, that, and the other. 
But then, like, you know, at the end of day one, we were second overall. I was like, okay, I don't want to get it into my head a little bit, but, you know, this is pretty freaking good right now. But And then I saw him on the side of the road, you know, three stages to the end, and I'm just like, holy crap, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> did you uh, do any, did, you know, scream or anything when you hit that uh, final uh, stop control? Uh, I think it was just a sigh of relief. Like, I'm, I'm still pinching myself. Um, obviously a huge handshake with, with my co-driver. He doesn't even know what's going on right now. Um, everyone's messaging me. My dad's trying to call me on the transit. I have no service. And, and it's just an absolutely surreal moment. I mean, you know, listen, I'm, I'm 32 years old. I've been kind of born into this whole rallying lifestyle. And I thought this was just a pipe dream, right? I thought this was just a pipe dream. That's never going to happen because I'm a, I'm a low budget team. But here I am. Here I am, standing on the top step of the podium. So your first ever overall win. That's right. That's right. Unbelievable. Hopefully not the last, but uh, I'm I'm going to try to savor this evening because this is this is just absolutely incredible. Now Doug Woods, uh, he was saying, take a look at that trophy when you look at it, and look at the names that are on it of those people that have won snowdrift in history. Because uh, you're now there with those. I'll take a look. My name is going to be on that trophy. <laughs> unbelievable yeah. Un- unbelievable i I don't, I don't even know what to say but i have a i want to have a few beers with the team party tonight and um just just really savor the moment because this is this is something incredible congratulations man thanks mike i appreciate it welcome to the rally cast uh evo or is it ivo dragonov Evo. Evo. Yes, sir. Well, uh, well, that's that's a rally friendly name. <laughs> <laughs> Although you did win the Subaru, but um, <laughs> that's right. But Evo, uh, you're just coming off the podium yes, after winning first overall in regional at Snowdrift. How's that feel, man? It feels surreal, honestly. Uh, we we came with the expectation of just have some fun and you know do the best that we can with, with the equipment that we got and uh, be able to challenge for the, for the top spots and, and win in the regional is just uh, beyond my expectations, and I'm just humbled by it. This is our fourth entry into Snowdrift. We did 2018, 2020, 21, and now in 2022. You know, it was, it was, it was something that we really enjoyed and we picked it and we came to, you know, volunteer before, and now that we're, we're a part of the event, we're just like, Rally family, you know, there's a lot of people that that we know and we raced for years, but um, just the support from everyone was was great. We just it, more than what we expected, honestly. Started as a volunteer and turned competitor, and now first in regional. Yes, that is true. That is true. Yep, that is the ultimate rally story. That's the stuff we want to hear. See, hear that, volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. It all started that way, man. Well, just real quick, I, I mean, the the yes, first sir. day, right away, the conditions, I mean, mm-hmm. you saw them on recce, too. It was just nuts, glare ice everywhere. Yet, right away, you had just a storming performance starting with day one and held on to it. Yeah, uh, that appears to be the case. Yeah, again, that surprised us as well because, um, you know, we've done 2018 snowdrift, and that one was pretty much the same setup, you know, glaring ice, all the day, all the stages, and uh, we run a trashonized tire that I picked up from a fellow competitor numerous years back. And the tire was were really old; they're they're about 15 years old. I think the DOT was 2007. So we really wanted to, you know, focus on our race, do the best that we can, 
look for that traction, and then push whenever it felt comfortable. So we started with a good rhythm, and we just kept on building up on top of, on top of that and not taking any huge risk, but at the same time have fun and be competitive out there. So it, it paid off. I mean, we we, we, we finished day one and, and, and I believe third overall after a penalty we picked up for a puncture, um, that we had a slow puncture after stage three. And we thought it was going to last a second loop, but it didn't. So we had to change it, and that was longer than expected. So unfortunately, we had to endure a penalty. But but still, you know, we were we were super excited to see if, how good the car was handling and how good we were moving. Were there any major changes to the car you've done in the last uh, year since, uh, you know, versus previous years that made it just all hook up for you? Not really. No, the same setup has been in the car probably for the last uh, couple of years. I think the main recent change was in 2020, we put a six speed on it and that was it. You know, right. We're currently, we're running, like I said, the old 15 year old tire, uh, stock STI suspension that got, has got those how many miles on it. I'm I'm still blown away of how durable that suspension is. But it's a not a not a rally suspension, just a regular street suspension. And um, yeah, just just keep our focus and keep pushing. Were you nervous when it came to the last few stages, and uh, you knew you were that far in the front? Yeah, that definitely the nervousness did definitely sink in, and I try to completely shut that that, that out of my brain because. We were second on the road behind Semantic, and there's, you know, um, uh, there's not really the right tire to be on. And and I don't know if our choice was good. I, I feel like maybe we should have gone with a different choice. But I wanted to hold on to the position that I had in third overall. But uh, Mark Petkovsky was just super quick today. We just couldn't put a, a dent to his to his advantage. And he kept on extending and stretching and stretching it. And I, I don't know if it was my poor tire choice or the addition of, of uh, you know, four to six inches of snow that just made the um, the handling that much different for everyone. And, you know, now he's just untouchable. So, unfortunately, we couldn't challenge. And I'm happy that I was able to hold on to the position that we got because on stage 13, we had a, a spin. And the spin wasn't that big of a problem, you know, but uh, I was facing the wrong way, so I had to turn around. And it was an extremely tight spot. So I ended up getting stuck and I ended up spending like losing over two minutes trying to unstuck myself and get going. And I was, you know, at that point I was like, okay, let's focus. No more mistakes. We have to do it clean. And uh, we managed to do that. And and I'm just beyond ecstatic for, for where we ended up being. Well, congratulations. Where will we see you next? Well, we want to do summer snow drift. Uh, I don't know if personal plans with my co-driver is going to allow for that, but uh, definitely LSPR and uh, Show Me Rally. And if hopefully things shape up well, we'll do yeah. summer snow drift as well. But uh, for now, you know, we're a very small team. So unfortunately, I couldn't do as many events as I would like to. So um, I think two to three events is pretty much our, our max at this point, just because of, you know, financial and, and other obligations that we have on the plate. But hopefully one day we can do more. Well, congratulations again. That was an epic drive this weekend. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Mike Shaw. I appreciate your time and uh, reaching out to us. Well, Snowdrift was especially challenging for those with just two wheels powering their cars, so we caught up with regional second and third place finishers. Al Dantes Jr., whose V8-powered rear-wheel drive Rexine struggled to get up some of those hills, and Julian Sabot, whose front-wheel drive Fiesta took what seemed like minutes at times to get up to speed from some of the starts. Howdy. <laughs> uh, King of the Upers. Uh, man, 
That was an exciting weekend. <laughs> You're telling me, holy cow. That was uh that was a trip, man. Um you, you wanted to be brave, but every time you get brave, you'd see a car off, and you're like, all right, back it down. Uh, a little bit of a ballet on ice, if you will. You know, I've talked to uh, folks that uh, had all-wheel drive vehicles. Uh, you're the first one I've gotten a chance to talk with so far with two-wheel drive, and, man, I cannot imagine what it was like for you guys ice dancing out there, especially rear-wheel drive. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky at Shanti Witt uh, co-driving with me and. uh we, we wrote our notes from scratch and we added uh, some slippery spots in there. And, and uh, even though the entire fit place was slippy, uh, we, luckily we had the super slippy spots noted and it saved us a ton. Um, sometimes you just had to be super humble and, and uh, some of the corners, if you had them noted slippery, just uh, respect that your notes were good. And uh, it worked out for us, man. Um, we had no big incidents. We had one impact um, yesterday on Camp 30. I was there's a couple spots where the the banks are super high, um, and they're dirt banks, and they're about six feet high. And you, it's kind of like a rock cut. You go through a valley, and our note was uh, triple caution, uh, left four minus right three. So I came in there a little bit too hot, and I had to scrub some speed. So I put my left side into the to the bank, and I caught a stump there, and it blasted the wheel out of my hands. And we spun the car, and Austin powered it in the middle of the road on on the backside of a blind crest. And it was like, oh, you couldn't pick a worse spot to wreck a car. And uh, we couldn't get the car out of there. And I run Bluetooth intercoms in my helmet. So... Uh, Shanti was able to hop out. He grabbed the triangle and he had to get back up over the hill. Um, luckily he had this, the metal spikes on his shoes, the yak track, so he could get up the hill. And, uh, I got so panicked and worried cause I'm parked sideways in the middle of the road, but I just put it in reverse and stood on it and the car wouldn't move. And it, I just got more angry and the tires finally dug down through the ice and it started to wiggle, wiggle a little bit. So I was able to holler on the intercom to have Shanti come back, and uh, he was able to spin the front end of the car around with the special shoes he had. And uh, we got out of there just in time. About five seconds later, here came Dan Downey over the hill. And, uh, man, sure is nice having Rally Safe in a situation like that. And uh, super hazardous spot, but we had maybe two incidents like that, maybe cost us 30, 40 seconds, and, uh, man, it just, it all adds up if you if you stay clean and you keep it out of the banks and you give yourself a real good shot at finishing. So yeah, I bet you didn't even know who your competition was going to be uh, for the weekend when it's this slippery and uh, yeah, it, it could be anybody. Yeah, well, there there was also a a two mile hill that goes up and it's twisty and uh, I I have Cooper tires on my recce truck and the brand new rugged treks and I was having a real good time going up that hill on recce and but it was pure polished there was no salt on it there was no sand and uh, a lot of the teams didn't think they'd be able to make it up that hill um and the organizers checked at the day of the rally and they were able to do it in two-wheel drive so they figured everybody else could um we got to the hill and it was the first first stage of day two and there was an eagle talent off at the beginning and then there was five rally cars on the way up and uh Nigel Maidment and Andrew Sims and the uh, Lexus rental, they were off on the side. And 
I just pretty much just put it in fourth gear and stood on it. So I had about a hundred miles an hour, a wheel spin and I got up past them and then I looped it about three quarters of a mile up the hill. And, uh, the car spun around and like literally parallel parked in front of them in the bank. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, well, there's our parking spot. And, uh, same thing. I got back into the throttle and just hammered on it and it started inching forward and inching forward. And all of a sudden it grabbed a piece of gravel and, um, we got up the hill and then around the corner, uh, Julian Sabot and Stephen Harrell were there with their Fiesta and they were stuck in the middle of the road. So I had to accelerate straight at their car and then lift for a millisecond to drift around them and then get back on the throttle. And, and I believe we were the last two wheel drive car to ever make that hill. So that was, there was a lot of fist bumping going on when we made it to the top. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was stage 7 and 11, I think, or 7 and 10. And uh, they ended up canceling it for the second run just because every two-wheel drive car, you're right, other than you guys. And I think one other made it through. Um, but, yeah, it was bad. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, Micah, Micah Nicholson in the uh, Volkswagen. Right. And then Mr. Hooper, I think he made it up. I mean, you've done this rally uh, several times uh, now. What's it like compared to ones you've done in the past? Um, the first time I did it, um, I was co-driving for Jason Cook in an Eagle Talon. Um, and that, that, those conditions were really nice. It, it was like a 50 degree day and the, the ice had actually granulated and it made some good traction. And then last year was my first time driving and, um, I had some older snow winter tires and they were just horrible. They were way hard and I had zero traction and, um, I think I had like a 15 speed factor and just about got dead last in the field. And everybody's like, well, Al's never coming back. And I was like, no, you know, I learned a lot of stuff and I, I had to come back for my redemption. So, uh, we had some super soft tires this weekend and then we put, uh, a lot of additional weight in the trunk. So if you see the pictures, you can see, looks like we got a couple dead bodies in the back, but we we figured we'd use some Uper Finlander technology and, you know, put the weight over the drive wheels and uh, see what happens. And we're very happy. You know, I know there were a lot of all wheel drive guys that were kind of upset. And so that a little bit, uh, got a little smile on our face when we bring a rear wheel drive to the finish and nonetheless be the number two rally car, the uh, two wheel drive rally car that finished all the stages, you know, regardless of class national or regional and we're we're really proud of micah micah did good he uh he needed that after a lot of the dnfs he's had over the last few years i'm glad to see him win it what's the next event we'll see at actually adam van dam who was crew chiefing for me this weekend he's heading down to sandblast in two weeks uh with his new bmw and then two weeks after that we're going to get together again um i have keegan helwig going with me down to salem missouri for 100 acre wood Excellent. So uh, you're going to be going for that uh, Central Regional again? Well, we got second in Namaji. We got second at Snow. And uh, we're going to have a stacked field down in Missouri. But we took second there last year. So I guess we won the championship in 2021. We got to bring out and uh, defend it. Sounds like a good plan, man. I'm so glad, uh, A, you guys made it through. B, also with a good result. Because uh, that just seems sketchy as hell for rear-wheel drive. I, I, I love the... Uh, <laughs> Uper Finlander uh, traction methods. <laughs> Very handy. <laughs> yeah, now i got to remember to take all that weight out from Missouri. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> take care, man. Thank you. Julian Sabot, how you doing, man? Doing good. That that was a pretty exciting uh, snowdrift rally, man. That was my first snowdrift, and it was definitely exciting. 
it was none of the things that I expected. I raked it on the uh, ice rink and... Uh, yeah, uh, first uh, stage ever on snow was actually on ice, not on snow. <laughs> <laughs> so how was it for your weekend out there? I mean, obviously, the first day seemed like it was probably the, the toughest, although specifically there was a, a one stage that was extra hard for uh, a lot of the two-wheel drive guys on, on Saturday. But the first day, there was no snow to even try and get grip, right? Well, the problem is uh, the I went off on the first stage after four turns. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I was slow, and I was not slow enough. And uh, the first uh, four minus, uh, I approached it probably like I should have um, approached the six. <laughs> so I went straight into the bank and uh, waited for sweep. And so we lost 26 minutes. I uh, still finished the stage, uh, beat uh, the bogey time, and uh, were able to uh, keep on going for the whole race. It was not hard. I just went too fast. I had no idea. There were a bunch of stages where the uphills were a struggle. If you were not negotiating every turn absolutely perfectly and keeping your momentum, you just couldn't make it uh, all the way up the hill. And that's what happened on uh, on Saturday. The way uh, it happened on the first stage on Saturday is uh, I was catching up Hooper and um, I had to brake while in the middle of the uphill to not hit his car and because he was struggling to uh, to climb and I stayed stuck. And then Spencer Sherman braked to not hit me and stayed stuck. And uh, Steve, my co-driver, pushed me and we managed to get off a little bit farther while everybody else, the rest of the rally, was getting piled behind with only the all-wheel drive cars being able to restart uphill. Steve and I managed to get the car pushed all the way back up, little by little, breaking branches from trees to get some traction on the ice. It took us 45 minutes to do, like, the last quarter mile of the stage. <laughs> you had to go down to, like, Boy Scout methods to uh, get over it. We were struggling to even push the car because we couldn't stand. It was too steep to stand on the ice, like you were just falling. So you had to put the car on the, on the bank and uh, like hold, open a door, hold the cage and try to push while walking on the bank of that uh, steep uphill. It was just a nightmare. <laughs> wow. But other than that specific, you know, incident and whatnot, uh, and then the, you know, the other one where you, where you slid off for, for a bit there, how was uh, the event overall, though, uh, learning what that, you know, rally is like as far as having to really uh, maintain momentum, as you were saying, and of course... You got to go through Bonfire Alley and all that stuff. It was very interesting because uh, I was expecting a, to drive a little bit like on gravel and uh, once in a while maybe lean on a snowbank. And um, what I ended up doing is to get enough traction for the whole race, I always had one uh, sidewall riding on the bank uh, because otherwise I, I couldn't even accelerate on, uh, on the slippery stuff. So I pretty much rode with only two wheels on the road for the entire rally. And so I was bouncing from snowbank to snowbank. I hit hundreds of snowbanks in the whole rally. I felt like a, the puck in a air hockey uh, table on a air hockey table, just like bouncing around for the whole rally. It it was very surprising and interesting because that was really the only way to uh, to go fast. And Bonfire Alley was just special. I mean, we uh, we arrived at the beginning of Bonfire Alley. It was uh, starting to be night, and our lights were misadjusted and projecting a big circle in the sky. I lost the front brake just on transit just before the stage. And then we arrive in this magical place with like fires exploding all around us. Thousands of people everywhere, like cheering. Some fires so big, we felt the heat from inside the car. 
it was just amazing. And at the big intersection, we uh, we hit the snowbank pretty hard and sent a giant spray uh, on, uh, of uh, snow on the spectators. And uh, later on at the hotel, I had a bunch of uh, kids like uh, showing me videos of me uh, spraying them with snow. It was phenomenal. Even though it was pretty sketchy out there, uh, totally worth it, huh? Uh, yeah, totally worth it. It was ridiculous. I mean, we were slower during the race than on Reiki. Like the conditions had degraded, and we had an all-wheel drive car during um, uh, during Reiki. Uh, like, or we averaged something like twenty-seven or twenty-eight miles an hour <laughs> during yeah, the race. Yeah, twenty-seven point one zero. I'm seeing miles per hour for the whole event. That's <laughs> just yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, but it, they, it, it's also counting the twenty-five minutes where we sit stuck. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, though no, it, it was a. Uh, I mean, our top speed was 73. <laughs> it just, like, we couldn't get going. Uh, at some time, it was in slow motion. Uh, we posted a video of us on, uh, which stage was it? it? It was at night. I think it was the last stage at night. And we arrived at a tight intersection that we had marked as very sleepy. So I just arrived as slow as I can without losing momentum to stay stuck because it was a bit uphill. And there is a car that had a gotten stuck uh, there, a rear-wheel drive BRZ. They were feeling like they were probably in the wrong spot, so the guy engages reverse and backs off, and I try to brake, and the car goes straight, and I just bump into his door at one mile an hour, and we made eye contact for like 10 seconds and could do nothing about it. (laughs) (laughs) And we backed off, uh, and when got going at like five miles an hour, and um, he eventually managed to get it. To give you an idea of the traction, at the starting line of uh, one of the night stages, um, we were just chatting with uh, the, the, the course workers and the, uh, the volunteers, and um, they say, I'll race you to the start. And so the guy is on foot next to me. He, he's targeting a spot like 50 feet away. I start with a car. He finished the second half walking and still beat me. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was taking me 30 seconds to reach a speed of like 40 miles an hour or something like that. It, it was wow. Just, what were you using for tires? Uh, we were running a tractionized Blizzax. Okay. So a proper ice tire. Yeah. The, the, uh, the tractionizing makes them nice. But uh, when you're on polished ice, there is really, like there was no traction to be, uh, to be had. Like the, you could see the all-wheel drive cars. We're taking off twice as fast as us, exactly. You made it to the end, and not only that, you got on the podium for your class. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. We got on the podium even though we spent 26 minutes in a snowbank. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And um, uh, Alex and uh, Rhiannon started a power stage thing for regionals because uh, ARA does it only for nationals. I even got the power stage win, which was the second pass of Camp 30, the long stage. Awesome. Congratulations on getting that. Yeah, well, that was some of the worst conditions I've had. I don't think it, uh, it was my toughest rally. The, my toughest rally was my first one, which was Tour de Forest in 2019, when uh, it was night and we had fog and I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where I was going. And it was my first rally, so I really had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I remember that one. There, at least, even when the snowstorm hit uh, at night, we still could see where we were going. And we were going there very, very slow. So it, it, 
Steve and I just laughed for the whole event because everything was slow-mo. So we we had a full conversation, uh, especially during uh, accelerations, because uh, they, there was really no speed change, so it was taking forever. Like, it, there were a bunch of virtual chicanes. It, it was just hilarious. Uh, like, I, I barely had to slow down, so... Like we were arriving on the chicane, I was throwing the car on the bank that was slowing it down enough, and we were like uh, staying on the bank to try to keep accelerating to get a bit of traction. But uh, we would never have reached like above 80 on 500 just with the amount of ice <laughs> there was. Wow. What's next on the uh, calendar for uh, Julian Sabot? Olympus. Olympus. Oh. Yes, Olympus and uh, Oregon after. So, yeah, West Coast Regionals mostly this year. I, w- I wanted to try Snowdrift, and uh, it was spectacular. Not what I expected. <laughs> well, it's an iconic event. You know, we, we, you know, every one of them has something special to them. Uh, I hope that all competitors at some point can get to every event in our championship because, like I said, a- every one of them has just something a little bit special. And that's cool that you got to go out and do this one. Yeah, I agree, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm on the West Coast, so I'm trying to do mostly West Coast events. But every year I'm trying to... Uh, get to a new place. I went to um, Show Me two years ago. I went to LSPR last year. I'm going to um, uh, Snowdrift this year. So trying to visit all, all, all the rally places and plus the West Coast. That's awesome. Well, look forward to seeing you at Olympus in just a, gosh, just a couple months' time. Uh, time seems to be flying. Well, see you there. <laughs> and next up, it's a short chat with young Patrick Grushka, who transitioned from limited two-wheel drive last year to driving his dad's highly modified, exponentially faster, open-class four-wheel drive Mitsubishi Mirage. I've gotten to ride in that car. That was actually when WRC driver Brian Bouffier came here to the States and drove it for Patrick's dad. Art, that, that is a wicked beast of a machine. So it's awesome to see young Patrick Patrick in it. And you know, although he had some issues on the first day, he ended up coming back and getting his first ever overall stage wins. A legit one versus the Subaru team, as well as two other ones after uh, Brandon Semenuk had ended early. So in those conditions, let me tell you, this is a kid to keep an eye on. Patrick Grushka, how you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? Doing really well. Uh, Snowdrift, that, that was exciting. Yeah, it was a good one. It was uh, it was good. It was tough, that's for sure. So this is the first time you got to uh, use your dad's car on a on a full event, right? Yep, the full event. He trusted me with his baby, and uh, I don't think I did him wrong. The first day, a little bit of a challenge. The conditions were just nuts. I mean, oh, what yeah. did you think? Because you got this car with all this power, and you go out on recce. W- what's your thoughts at that point? So recce, actually, it was bad. I'm not going to lie, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad. So So day one... We knew it was going to be tough, so we were going to take it easy. But uh, recce was still like manageable. But then when it came to race day, it was so much, so much worse. It was very, very uh, slippy, and uh, and the ice just became so much, so much worse after all those cars went through. And of course, you started twentieth, um, which I thought was a little low with the car that you're in, and also the performance you showed last year. But nobody knew really where to put you yet in a car like that, so. Yeah. Uh, I know it was a gamble for the organizers. So what happened uh, when you're first starting out then? So uh, stage one, because I only made it to two two stages that day, but uh, stage one, we managed to catch five people on on, on the first stage, and, and it was just absolutely hectic. I thought it was very dangerous that, that we caught up to them, and, and we were going through many tight corners, and, and it was very slippy. We almost hit two cars, so we managed to pass one. I think it was four or five. And we passed one, but then stayed behind two for the rest of the stage, and that just sort of knocked off my focus and that was a mistake on my end. And stage two, we, we 
we've had this really, really tough corner before our hill and, and just slid off into a ditch and stayed there and watched everyone pass by. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, with those conditions, it, even though it's probably a slow off, there's just no way getting back on, is there? Yeah, there's there's absolute, absolutely no way to get out. We, we stood there. We thought maybe, maybe we could get out, but it just made it worse. We just dug ourselves into a deeper hole and... At that point, I knew it was over for the day, and, and me and Zach just prepared for the next day. But then you go into today. Uh, they reseed you to start 7th, I think it is. Is that right? We started 7th that day, well, today. Yeah. So so what was it like now, you know, kind of being being farther up the field where you didn't have to worry about all those other cars? And uh, I, obviously, you finished. You, you know, you got to the end today. Tough conditions still, but it seems like you really kind of got to grips with things. Uh, grips. Uh, <laughs> in air quotes. <laughs> yeah, well... Um... So starting seventh, we still managed to catch up some people throughout the day. It, it wasn't as bad as it was uh, day one. So I really appreciate the fact that we we were further up in the in the pack and made life a whole lot easier. When when the snow fell day two between day one and day two, it, we we still had some grip and we did a lot of testing the weekend before and, and testing on Wednesday and a little bit of shakedown on Thursday. So we really nailed our our tire choices and we knew we knew what to stick with and I think in the end that that's what worked best for us. And then. To get an overall stage win on stage 12, how did that feel? Well, it's a dream come true, to, to be honest. Uh, Brandon is, is one of my idols. Uh, my dad raced with him, I'm pretty sure, and, and I talked to him numerous times over, over the course of last season, and I, I, I look up to the guy, you know. It's, 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 I can't, I, words can't even put, I can't put words together to express how I was feeling in the moment. When will we see you in this car again? Uh, hopefully 100 Acrewood, uh, if we can get everything uh, together by then, and I know it's in three weeks, so so small time, but we have to do some more testing before we leave and, and talk to Art and see if he's okay with everything, and, and we'll move forward with that. Well, congratulations on the stage win. Thanks for chatting with us. Man, still a good weekend, even if uh, the first day didn't turn out. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. And we finish up with our good friends, the father-daughter team of Stephen and Katie Gingrass. They finished third overall and second in NA four-wheel drive, and they give us a more in-depth analysis of the event and what it took to keep near the front in such slick conditions. Well, I figured if I'm going to get an official uh, Snowdrift Regional review, there's nobody better to call than uh, Stephen and Katie Gingrass. Hi! Hello, Mike. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. You two are uh, heading back home after a very eventful weekend. You know, you two are some of the best to talk to to kind of give us... Uh, really from the beginning to end, what it was like out there. So start from the beginning. What was it like, uh, especially Steve, with you and all your experience going to that event? Well, Katie, all the way to when you were a kid, too, uh, doing recce and seeing what the conditions were like compared to years past. Well, it kind of started Wednesday as we were getting into town. It was, what, it was like 38, 40 degrees, and it was raining, and it felt really nice. Like, temperature-wise, it felt nice, but all that froze overnight and just turned the roads into a total skating rink. You you could have skated the entire course. It was glare ice pretty much everywhere. They, they had actually canceled school in a lot of the areas because of this this ice storm right before the event, on the Friday before the event. But yeah, it was recce was brutal. We were we were testing the new um, the RS Rally State Light app for recce. So uh, to prevent people from speeding on recce and to minimize um, any issues on uh, recce since the roads are open to the public. And um, so if you go over three miles per hour, it beats that you don't like I'm going to truck going 20. 
There was one uh, on the recce was brutal. I mean, we recce in our in our loaded our loaded uh, service truck, which is our Chevy Colorado, and you know, driving that around, it's just it was not fun at all. But you know, talking about the the Rally Safe Light app that we have to carry now for recce, we had a speedometer. We had the crew set to twenty five. The maximum recce speed was thirty. In one instance, we were climbing up a hill, and we so the cruise control added a lot of fuel to the to the engine to get us up over over the hill. We topped the hill; it still had all this extra fuel in the in the cruise control, and it started accelerating down the hill. The rally safe app beeped at us, and then I hit the brakes to to slow down. We locked the brakes up, and we're sliding even faster on GPS, and it's beeping at us that we're going too fast, and we're sliding down the hill. <laughs> Uh, well, well, it's nice that at least they, you know, a single ding like that, that I think they recognize hills and things like that. It doesn't go against you, but, oh, wow, that, that, that is a scary moment when you hit the brakes and you're actually going faster. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but Recky was brutal and scary, and we were, I was actually thinking, like, you know, let's just turn in our, let's just withdraw from the event, get our money back, go spectate and save the car. It'll be, it'll be less expensive. We, we really thought about that. It was that brutal of recce. Didn't look like it was going to be any fun at all. And well, some did. But then we went to the shakedown. We got through tag and we went to shakedown. And shakedown, you know, surprise, surprise. The the rally car that weighs probably less than half the weight of the, the, the service truck with proper tires on was actually semi-fun to drive on recce or on shakedown. We did shake down three times and felt pretty good about it and uh, actually went to bed Thursday night uh, thinking we are going to do okay. Yeah, yeah. after shakedown, the mindset was like, okay, this is this is doable. We can, this is going to be a race to survive and, you know, with size tires and doing shakedown, we thought, this, this is doable. We can survive this for sure. All right, a little backstory first. So uh, back when I was really good, back in like 97, 98-ish, I had a huge potential sponsor that we were talking to about doing a, almost a full ride deal. And I was taking him for a ride on the spectator or VIP or the, the press or media stage, which was actually the same stage as stage one. And where that spectator corner was, I came down that hill and I went sideways and slammed into the bank and deflated two tires and the, the sponsor disappeared. And I really never heard about him, heard from him again. So I knew to be careful on that spectator corner on stage one and stage one starts off nice flowing fives and sixes and it's icy and we're doing well. And we got to the spectator corner and I slowed way down, way down. Guess what we did right through the corner, slammed into the bank, just like I didn't want to do, but, but we had, we had tubes in the tires, so we didn't deflate the tires and we left, but I uh, still wanted to be really careful at that point, And we still smacked the bank cause it was, it was so icy in places. It was, it was really scary. It, oh, the whole night. We did not want to hurt the car, and we certainly didn't want a repeat of last year where we rolled the car. And the goal was just to get through the event, score some points, and go to 100 Acre. And so we we were so slow and so careful most of the night. I mean, the only fun it really had was uh, we were on the ranch stage, and really narrow little 
stage, but there was exposed grass when they plowed it. So we were trying to drive on this grass and trying to do this and that. And we were getting the, the rally safe notification. They were catching somebody and I actually saw taillights at one point. So we're, we know we're really close. And I started trying a little harder, a little harder. We're doing really good. And, and then I stuffed the car and the nose was in the snow and snow bank and the back ends in the other snow bank. And we're kind of trapped sideways in the stage and this little, short shoot that if someone was catching us or, or came up on us they just plow right into it so we <laughs> forward back forward back we got the car rocking got going got moving sideways we probably lost 20 30 seconds and then we were like two corners from the finish <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not the only one that said something about pulling an austin powers trying to turn a car around yeah exactly and we still had like the fourth fastest time on the stage though that was the scary part oh we didn't even we weren't checking our stage scores all day friday night Thinking we're just so slow, we're dead last. We're, people are going to be laughing at our scores. We get to the end of the race, we look, we call up sneak attack and look at the the stage scores. We're fifth overall. Holy cow! I could, I could not believe it. Well, average speeds were thirty five miles per hour ish. Sometimes only thirty. Oh, well, I think our average speed was like thirty point one seven. We probably wouldn't even got a recce penalty for that speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was I. Thought for sure we're just going so so slow. There's no way we're doing any good. But slow was fast Friday night. Well, we were we were driving on the edges of the road. We're following the we're following the outside of the corner all the way around the corner because that's where the traction was. We're just doing all these oddball things wherever. Definitely not traditional lines to find traction just to uh, not crash the car. Yeah, there was, I was, even I was trying to like help out and see like, um, on the first stage we were coming, it was into a 90 left and I saw some exposed gravel on the outside and I said, outside, and he tried to hop the car over to grab the gravel on the right and then the back end spun out and we just did a loop <laughs> and we almost hit a Marshall's, uh, Car, well, we were actually. 15 feet away, but... Yeah, it felt like we were closer, but... Yeah, we did the 360 spin and ended up facing the right direction and left. <laughs> <laughs> so, Katie, for you as a co-driver, I mean, I guess, what's it like, uh, you know, when, you know, you're used to making notes and, and calling them out at a at a pace that's, you know, it, it got a rhythm that's a little bit more fast, right? You, you, you talk about the flowing roads and whatnot. But yet an event like this where nothing is flowing because you're just searching for grip everywhere. What's that like for you? It was it was definitely a different co-driving experience. I definitely repeated a lot of calls. Um, and like I said, I was helping him look for grip and look at spots and also kind of studying his driving style a little bit. Like, oh, I can see kind of how you're setting up. We're going to, there's traction on the outside here, but then we're going to slide over into the apex and get some snow in the apex and maybe, you know, keep the momentum, hit the bank on the outside and just keep going. So that was, it was interesting to kind of observe and study the driving style a little bit. And then I was also had some opportunities to just improve my notes on the first pass through too. Like, oh, this is pretty long. I should probably just add a long here. So, or, or a card where we almost stuffed it. Yeah. yeah. That was a five. No, make that a four. Yeah. So it was like, like we said, we, uh, our average speed, we wouldn't have probably gotten a recce penalty, so might as well just improve the notes and learn what we can about the roads and driving. So, Steve, when 
you know, you're driving conditions that are that slick, were you pretty much going like up a, an extra gear every time to just, uh, you know, not have that extra torque, even though it's a, yeah, left three, you know, do it in fourth or, or a higher gear and just, just kind of bog it through there to kind of keep from uh, slipping? No, I was actually the opposite. I was, uh, I was down a gear from where I used it would be. And this, so one of the things about, about that was to, uh, if you spin the, t- if you spin the tires, a, you're going to, the car is going to slide sideways and we have the car set up to oversteer, uh, a lot so that if we need to get the car sideways, I really, I really want to make sure we don't put the nose of the car in the snowbank. If you put the nose of the car in the snowbank, you're stuck you're, or you're backing up. So we were always trying to, to make sure that the car is oversteering and we can get the car around and pointed mostly where we want it to go. And if I could get down a gear, you know, the weight, the engine, the engine braking would put more weight on the nose. And then I could really control the throttle and spin the, spin the tires to get the back end to slide around. Uh-huh. And if we went into the snowbank with the back, if we went into the snowbank, I wanted to be down a gear to keep driving forward as hard as we could to keep the momentum of the car moving forward so we didn't get stuck in the snowbank. So then Friday night, as it's starting to get darker, snow starts to move in. And it actually gets pretty blinding for what I've been hearing. Yes. <laughs> However, uh, I planned for that. Well, so the one thing about LED lights that everybody's going to is they're like a shotgun. They throw out an incredible amount of light. But they, it's, in a, it's not very controlled. It's like a shotgun. It splatters everywhere. Mm-hmm. So when it starts snowing or dust, it comes back at you and you can't see crap. So one of the reasons that I'm running these these ancient old Pia uh, 80 Pro lights is that because they use an H4 bulb, which an H4 bulb for anybody that doesn't know is like a standard high-low beam headlight. So these these rally lights are pencil beam fog, pencil beam rally lights that shoot really far, and we've got high-powered LED LED bulbs in them, so they're they're really good for distance. But I've got them wired up. Um, with a to go, I, they follow the high low beam uh, of the car. If so, if I kick off from high beam where all the lights are shining forward, I can go to low beam and they, they turn into fog lights. So we were switching between on the last stage of the night that was snowing so bad. You know, you turn on the pencil beams. I didn't have the light bars on at all, which are the close close light cornering lights. Um, I just had the, the pencil beam lights shooting distance down the road, which still got rid of some of the glare, but you couldn't see anything. It's just a wall of white. Click on the fog lights, and you can't see that as far as you can with uh, the pencil beams, but you can still see a lot better. And I, I'm crediting the lights for having that set up as uh, one of the reasons why we had the, we had the fourth fastest time on that stage. And uh, it's, it's because of the lights, I think, part of it. And Katie, for you, I mean, having to when you're not able to see light very well. Uh, trying to figure out where you are on the notes, that must have been a challenge, too. Yeah, and I was using the mileage off the rally safe quite a bit, too, on that stage, just to make sure, you know, we're at the right spot or, you know, we got a straightaway. How much farther do we actually exactly have before we're in the turn? Um, so I was trying to use the mileage on the rally safe to do that, but there was a slight difference between the rally safe mileage and the mileage on our GPS setup once we got further into the stage, so that made it a little more difficult. Again, we're going really slow, so I'm getting my eyes up as much as possible and just trying to find, and in my notes, I write little, like, oh, this right five's at, you know, 
there's this weird tree that sticks out or there's like a small crest immediately before that he doesn't want called, but I write it in my notes because I see it. So, you know, just trying to use my little extra notes for myself to really make sure where exactly we are in the road and really just to help communicate better to him when that turn exactly is coming. I, I will say, though, that uh, comparing blind rally to notes, you know, we would have been going significantly slower in blind rally with those conditions. But just having the notes to know that, okay, I'm, I'm kind of charging through the woods here blindly, going way faster than I should be going for what I can see. But if I know that I got a right five coming up, and I know the speed I want to go through right five for these conditions, you know, I, I mean, it made it a lot easier to go a lot faster than I normally could have or probably should have been. So for like the, the 90 lefts, 90 rights, uh, how far in advance did you have to start braking? Uh, oh, very. <laughs> a mile? Uh, the, first, the first 90 left wasn't bad, but it's the second 90 left. We charged up over the hill, and then you're coming it's a downhill to the second 90 right. That's the spectator corner. And we went through there so, oh, my God, so slow. It felt like could have got out and walked faster. And we still, like, spun through the corner and smacked the bank. And I'm sure there's going to be videos of uh, how bad everybody did on these corners. But it was it's just agonizingly slow and he still had hardly any traction still cars not doing what you wanted to do it was just it was frustrating and then you're trying to leave and smack we're trying to leave we'd bounce off of one bank and we're trying to accelerate and we'd all the way across the road bounce off the other bank all the way back across the road it was it was comical actually like <laughs> keystone cops rally racing well then uh yesterday after that snow did fall down um for where you guys were starting on the road was that a bit of a help oh absolutely well Fifth on the road, we actually went from the, we had used ice tires the first day. And because of the snow that fell, we had, we had a set of uh, AO34s. The, they're more of a snow tire than uh, the tires we had on uh, the previous day. And we went to them because of all the snow. But the problem was that under the snow was glare ice. So, we, you know, we, despite all the snow, and the snow was five, six, seven inches deep in places. But underneath that was clear ice. There was a hill that I, I know that only two two-wheel drive cars made it up this hill. But it's it was like left, right, left, right up this this long hill, and we're we're spinning our tires, making good progress up the hill. But I didn't think any way the two-wheel drive cars were going to get up that hill, and yeah, they didn't. I mean, they weren't. <laughs> sure enough, yeah, they ended up uh, towing them all up that stage that hill, I guess. Yeah, and then they canceled the second running of it because of that issue. Yeah, but oh, but uh, they. Uh, the rally safe chicane was cool in the snow. <laughs> we were flying on a straightaway, probably going up to like 70, 80 miles an hour. And we get into the, the rally safe chicane and we have to get the speed on to 25 for, for a split second until it gives us the okay, then we can go. And we basically dove into an un, undriven part of the snow, snow drift. And uh, until the car got down to speed enough, and then made sure we had enough momentum left to get back into the track. But we got our speed down really rapidly for the chicane, and then we were able to leave. That was kind of fun. I did like that. That was fun. <laughs> Clever. I like it. Were there uh, many unusual lines you ended up seeing uh, for people trying to just uh, find traction in front of you? That, that was more on Friday night. Saturday, though, for, for whatever reason, the roads were more... I don't know. Well, with all the snow, we couldn't see any, if there's any gravel on the outside of the corners, see the corners at all because there's so much snow everywhere. So it ended up being more, in my case anyway, it ended up being more of a traditional line. But we were just going a lot slower. 
However, we did, there were the section. There was like two different sections that are straight, arrow straight with um, straight over crest, straight over crest. And last year we we maxed the car out in fourth gear. It was 105 miles an hour on over these crests and caught air on just about all of them. And uh, this year though, we were not as brave. Third gear, probably 85 miles an hour, which was still pretty scary with the glare ice underneath. And we only caught, we caught significant air on one jump, but that was it. So what was it like uh, with your usual suspects of uh, competition out there? Uh, Pelizari and uh, Kramer and, and, and Evo Dragunov. Wow. He had an impressive performance. You said you weren't really watching the times on Friday, but I'm guessing on Saturday you were because uh, I saw the, it looks like things bounced around a little bit. Yeah, I was watching the times a little closely on um, a little more closely Saturday because um, Pelizari was making his way back up and we were watching him pretty closely. But then he uh, he had an off and it was probably I I want to say the sketchiest corner in the race in my opinion. I don't know about you, but it was this uh, tight long right three plus into uh, left three long and there was no banks. It, so the three long opened up some, the right was in a heavily wooded area, but then the three, the outside is clear cut from logging and there's no snow bank. It's kind of off camber and it, the road just drops off and you're screwed if you go off. But in the glare ice, you just come out and you slide and without any bank, we thought, Oh my goodness, we're toast for half a second. And we must have hit a stump or something under some logging debris. And uh, we heard a loud buzz, and we still had traction, and we were still upright. And we're like, okay, go. But uh, it sounds like that's the corner where Pelizari went off and up on nine. And, uh, and then after that, it was, okay, Kramer and Dragunov are running away with it. And we felt really comfortable without Pelizari chasing us. So... At that point, it was just, all right, let's just get through the rest of the race. Yeah, they stayed on the ice tires, and we went to the snow tires, and that was the wrong decision at the time because uh, even though there was a lot of snow, it was the, the ice was under the snow, and that's where the traction traction was. And, uh, yeah, that was just the wrong wrong tire choice. So we went back to the ice tires after that, but they were so far gone that we, we weren't even trying to race them anymore, just in preservation mode, get through without hurting the car. But... You know, there was a couple places where we did have some fun. I mean, the, the, uh, there were some sections of left fives and sixes, left and right fives and sixes that were just good rhythm, and we were just trying to flow through those and getting the car all sideways and accelerating through these corners. It was just good rhythm, and it was really fun at the end of Camp 30, I thought. Yeah. And uh, you just couldn't imagine being doing that on gravel at, like, 100-plus miles an hour like WCR, WRC guys do. But it was it was fun. There was, a, there was a fun section on 7-2 where, um, again, tight, twisty, but the snow banks were what, were, I don't know, I thought they they felt just as high as the car. And we're sliding back and forth sideways through all the corners, and we're just throwing snow everywhere. And that just felt so cool, and I'm so upset. Uh, I didn't get any camera footage of that stage. But. We, we did have one moment, though, on uh... – one of the stages where we came over, it was fives and sixes, and we we're being in my confidence, we're having a lot of fun, and we're coming into a right five, and oh, four. And, oh, well, I called it a right five. Yeah, yeah. right five, and 
we slid, slid into the bank, and instead of bouncing off the bank, we slid up the bank onto the bank. And I still kind of kept the nose mostly pointed towards the road, but we were carrying momentum. And I think we took down four or five small, like, one-inch trees and uh, eventually got back on the road and <laughs> right away. Make that a four. Yeah, actually, when we were up on that snowbank, I was thinking, wow, this feels vaguely familiar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You you did have a uh, very specific um, plan of attack, uh, Katie, I saw in your uh, Facebook post, uh, a picture from last year. Yeah, that was the strategy. That was the plan. Uh, I told him we're not allowed to roll or damage the car. And my mom also said, yeah, Steve, you're not allowed to roll the car and damage it and blah, 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 and spend a whole other year rebuilding it and all that time of money, too. So that was the... That was the plan. And there were actually a couple times where I did yell at him, hey, don't be stupid. Um, just when uh, we were, I think it was the end of the six, we yeah. were we started catching um, bays on in front of us. And uh, it was a long straightaway. And he was starting the turn down at the end of the straightaway. And we were coming into it. And again, it's just everything was Blair Ice Friday night. And I saw him, you know, start getting a little more aggressive and like, oh, I can see somebody time to go. And I was like, hey, just don't be stupid. Let's just finish the stage. We're almost near the end. We're not going to catch him anyway on this ice. So let's just calm down, keep going, focus on ourselves and not on catching other people right The hair on the back of my neck was up and I wanted to go. We've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. used to attacking. It's hard to slow down, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, the problem I've found in the past, too, is if you get to build a big lead and you try to slow down, you drop your, your speed by, like, 5 or 10%, but you drop your concentration level by 50, and that's when problems happen. So it, it's really – to slow down is a hard thing. So you really want to keep your concentration level up and stay stay really interested so that, you know, you don't make a stupid little mistake. Because I've done that, obviously. <laughs> 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 well, it, it sounds like uh, Katie was uh, studying you uh, very closely as she uh, still wants to change seats with you at some point there, Dad. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'm giving her tips, too, and pointing out, like, one of the things about snow driving, if you're, if you're going to slam your, uh, one of the, like I talked about trying to put the back of the car into the snowbank and keep the front of the car on the snowbank, one of the things that, you know, just before the, the back's hitting the snowbank, I want to it's going to slam the front end in too. So you want to counter steer to try to keep the front end out, make sure you keep the front end out. And I told her about that. So she was watching me do that too. And so giving her tips and trying to, how we were setting up, how I'd set up the slide through the corner before we even get to the corner and, you know, maintain the slide around the corner or straighten it out as you go through it, depending on what's going on and trying to give her tips. There's, there's so much, so much of the driving knowledge that I have though is, ingrained and i don't even know that i'm doing it so it's it's it is really hard to teach someone how to drive when you you know you and you drive through experience i guess like i do yeah i can see that but uh you know i think like with a lot of things you sometimes become even better though when you teach somebody else i agree with that absolutely agree with that so we're working on it but she's also enjoying becoming a you know a much better co-driver as well though trying to perfect that for sure um but yeah, the plan is buy a house with a three-car garage this summer, so then there'll be space and time to tinker with something. 
sounds like you do have a, a few dents. You'll have to take a, a rubber mallet to or something to uh, bend back out. But other than that, nothing too uh, too much on the car, huh? Oh, the car, the car is really fine. We, we've cracked the air dam. Surprise, surprise. Um, when we hit some trees, but uh, no, the cars really survived. Uh, the alignment needs to be checked. Like, the, I don't think there's any more uh, negative camber in the rear wheels. But uh, no, the car. I'm going to bring it to a French shop and let it uh, warm a heated shop and let it warm up and dry out for like a week, and then uh, get started prepping for 100 acre wood. The plan and. Uh, Got to change the suspension back to gravel suspension and uh, do some more things. But uh, for the most part, uh, you know, cars are really in good shape, ready for 100 acre wood. What do you use for suspension out here on uh, these conditions versus gravel? So uh, we still use the same DMS struts, but we change the springs out to significantly, significantly softer, just to get more transfer to the to the ground. Well, congratulations on another podium. Seems to be a regular thing for you too. Thankfully for this event not end up on your side this year but uh good job love hearing the uh the stories out there and wow yeah always fun and exciting at snowdrift you, you never know what's going to happen oh yeah absolutely but it was katie's first run through bonfire alley yeah bonfire alley i i know everyone hypes it up and says oh it's so cool and you know i've seen videos and i've always thought oh yeah that looks cool but actually doing it and then going through the huge spectator area oh that was just so cool <laughs> Uh, I'm so upset the camera died before we could get footage of that stage, too, because that was just coming through the big spectator area and just having that entire straightaway after the turn just lined with throngs of people and fires just going forward as they're throwing gasoline or uh, just into it. Just so cool. Oh, I, I kind of wish we could have done a second running of it. And then, well, and then to drive back and have a... Have a- Chris from uh, Austin oh, yeah. Brothers Brewery hand us a Bonfire Alley Brown Ale. It was uh, hot icing on the cake. <laughs> so before I let you go, Katie, you had messaged me last night and told me about how you won also a very special award uh, for this event. Yeah, uh, the Krolikowski Cup is awarded to the highest placing, highest finishing family team so um in the past it's been won by tim and michelle michaels um the angles and uh um, um, uh, oh the jocks and uh i'm missing someone i forget who uh but it's (laughs) uh no it's a it was named in honor of henry henry quote oh my goodness henry krolikowski passed away in 2019 and I remember growing up watching Henry and Cindy racing, and uh, I was very enamored with their Subaru. I thought the word Subaru wrapping around their car was super cool. I uh, remember watching them growing up and racing and just cheering really hard for them. Um, and Henry gave me a beer as soon as he finished my first rally, so very fond memories of them. And to be honored in such a way to win that cup with my dad in probably one of the most difficult American rallies ever is a huge honor. And I know Henry was a big mentor to my dad too. So being able to win that with him and having Cindy there to award it was a very magical moment. I don't know how anything else I could add to that, but other than that, Henry was a huge mentor of mine. And when I found out that Cindy was doing this award, I really wanted to win it. And in my, 
it was more important to win that award, I think, than than the other uh, than the race awards. It was that powerful of a moment for me. Thanks again, you two. Safe travels home, and uh, we'll see you at Hundred Acre. Very good. Sounds good. what i hate big bulky underperforming batteries lighten your load with performance battery from melee design firm they have time-tested solutions for your race car rally car or even your daily commuter make sure you check us out at meleedesignfirm.com a proud sponsor of the open paddock Rallycast since 2020 and thank you to our supporters melee design firm and oz rally pro and remember, if you'd like to help support the Open Paddock Rallycast, we've got a donate button now on our website, openpaddock.net. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Until then, I'm your host, Mike Shaw. Thanks for listening. I don't know what happened. I don't even know my name right now.